Welcome back to DevelopLex. We're here at Awesome Inc. with Mary Quinn Raymer and Weston Lockhart uh, today. We get to talk about real estate development, community development, Lexington's development, um, and, and we're very thankful. Mary Quinn is the president of Visit Lex. She oversees all the administrative and marketing um, activities for the uh, the city. Mary Quinn has been in the tourism world for over 15 years, um, is from Kentucky, from Boyle County, and um, is even on the Cleveland Fed board or advisory board. <laughs> advisory board. So we <laughs> we have a superstar um, in the studio today. And if you don't know Mary Quinn, she is just such a champ for Lexington. Um Everybody knows her in town. Everybody knows her outside of town. And um, we're very thankful for all the work she does. So how would you introduce yourself um, or how do you introduce yourself when somebody asks who you are and what you do? That's a great question. I really wish people would ask me why I do what I do because I would say to them that I am an unabashedly proud Kentuckian and I love sharing this fantastic commonwealth with, with visitors far and wide. Um, but to get back to your original question, which is what I do, I have the great pleasure, um, honestly, such a blessing to be at Visit Lex, which, as you mentioned, is the destination marketing organization for the city. That's a big fancy way of saying we are the primary cheerleaders for the city of Lexington. We obviously want to drive economic development through hospitality and tourism, and we do that through marketing, sales, public relations, and promotion. Nice. And how did you and how did you get kind of to where you're at today? I'm sure that's a that's a large question. So we can go back to the very beginning, let's, but let's I'll be super brief. <laughs> when I was at Center College, I was in a work study program and I was randomly assigned to the communications office. And when I uh, started my work there, I found that I loved it. We were putting together the college's, hold on, wait for it, first website. Hey. <laughs> the OG, center.edu. Um, of course, we put together brochures enticing uh, students to take a look at Center for their higher education choice. We put together press releases on accomplishments and things happening around the Center community. Um, the view book, the alumni magazine, and I just really got a kick out of doing that work. So as a very good history and French major who had that crisis her senior year, what the heck am I going to do next? I said, well, I've really enjoyed the work that I've done at the communications office. What might that open up to me since I wasn't really ready to go to grad school at that time? And sure enough, I ended up here in Lexington at a fabulous firm at the time, Preston Osborne. They not only did public relations and some advertising marketing, but they also did quite a bit in the public policy um, and also in little elections. So races, political races around the state. So it was a great place for me to start my career, cut my teeth. Uh, what's interesting is that as a full service agency, there were a number of different clients uh, that we served, but I kept gravitating toward the hospitality clients. I really got a kick out of signature events or restaurants opening, things of that like. And so what is now almost um, 20 years ago, I had the opportunity to go back home to Danville and work at the tourism office there. And that's where I started to learn the ropes of this industry. Why, why do you think you got so much of a kick out of that kind of clientele? 
Like, was there just an excitement behind it? You liked being first to the scene. What What do you think that was? I think it has to do in the genuineness. Let's start over. I think it has to do in the genuineness and the graciousness of hospitality that is just part of the DNA of Kentuckians. And I liked the I liked the pace. I liked the thrill. And I also really liked making people happy. Mm-hmm. I just enjoyed working on things where I knew that um, we were telling a great story and that we were hopefully converting fans in the process. And that's what I kept looking for. Very cool. So flash forward however many years. Um, a to, few. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a couple. Um, how how did you get to actually where you're at today and how have you kind of gotten to the organization? Remarkably, uh, time flies when you're having fun. I will be starting my 17th year at Visit Lux this August. And so I had the opportunity when I was working at the tourism office in Danville to get to know several of my regional counterparts. One of those was David Lord, who um, had been in the tourism industry for a long time and had been at Visit Lux for a, a while. And he recruited me. He had an open position in 2007 and recruited me to come work for him. And uh, I loved working for David. I thought he was um, creative and I thought he was really good at building relationships. I think he understood the intersection of tourism and economic development and um, I'm grateful for the years that I had under his guidance. Um, Then uh, he retired and we had a transition to a, a a gentleman that came in from out of state. He was here for a few years. And when he left in 2015, I thought, okay, now or never, if I'm going to do this, I should, I should give it a go. So I applied to become president in 2015 and, um, I've been sharing the Lex since. Yeah, I've been, I've been doing the thing. Are you share the Lex? She is. She's the queen. (laughs) Yes. Actually, when I was in my role as vice president of marketing, we launched share the Lex. 2013, actually, a whole decade ago. That is such an epic hashtag. Like, yeah, yeah. Go it, through it, my it Instagram. It tried perfectly when hashtags were coming about. I'm like, everybody was bought in. Yeah, that was such a great. great that was move. one of our really um, one of our first attempts at saying, "All right, we're going to do a better job connecting this local community that we know is passionate, that we know is really crazy about sharing the very best of Lexington with our." visitor crowd. And we're going to see if the two don't actually have a whole lot of fun together. turns out, yeah, it works. Yeah, so it's been around. That's a that's a great transition. Um, I've always done hashtag share the Lex for, well, for, thank a, very, you. for a very long time. Thank you. And at, at a certain point in my life, I had no idea what it was connected to. Um, but I thought it was very catchy. I really loved my city, um, all of the things. So how would you say, what would you say like is the mission of your organization now, um, and then we can get well, maybe a little bit more into the day to day. But uh, what is the mission of the organization? Sure. So the mission of Visit Lex is to drive economic development, economic benefit to the city through hospitality, through tourism. But the reason that we do it is to make Lexington a better place to live for those of us that call it home. So I think one of the things that became crystal clear to me and to my colleagues and to our commission during the pandemic is that the why behind everything really had the resident at heart. So the pandemic was obviously exceptionally challenging for the tourism hospitality industries. Um, and we were no exception, 
But I think what really hit home for us in a palpable, visceral kind of way during the pandemic was like, these were our friends. These were our neighbors. This was like our best bud who was going through these challenges. And it became obvious that, yes, we wanted to take good care of the visitor. We wanted to inspire people to do to, to visit and to pick Lexington um, over other destinations. But the why behind it was really because we cared about these people that we called friends and neighbors, and we cared about this place that we call home. This episode is brought to you by Bank of the Bluegrass. It's easy to preach about being a community bank without actually operating that way, but I can attest as a real customer of Bank of the Bluegrass that they are truly in the community and for the community. Whether it's closing a real estate transaction that needs some creativity, troubleshooting an issue where you need a real person on the other end of the phone, or just the simple fact that when you walk in the door, your banker knows your name, Bank of the Bluegrass has you covered. Plain and simple, the best bank in town. Bank of the Bluegrass, member FDIC. NMLS 421548 Equal Housing Wonder. DevelopLex is sponsored by SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate, a full-service commercial real estate firm located in Lexington, Kentucky, affiliated with the SVN International Network, which is comprised of over 1,600 advisors and staff and 200-plus offices across the globe. The SVN Stone team consists of experienced commercial real estate advisors in the heart of Bluegrass. SVN provides commercial real estate services to large corporations, middle market businesses, and individual entrepreneurial investors. Serving the greater Lexington area, SVN offers advisory services for sales, leasing, management, and development of commercial properties locally, regionally, and nationally. With transaction volume of over $400 million, the advisors at SVN Stone Commercial Real Estate have vast experience and deep understanding of all aspects of commercial real estate. So when you mentioned how there's the intersection of economic development and marketing, hmm. <clears throat> that the economic development has, has really gained a lot of momentum, mm-hmm. um, almost snowballing in a great way yeah. over the past 10 years. How do you see that? Whether the built environment, just community engagement, um, what what is, what is it that you're seeing that you can proudly market as sure. part of the economic development of, sure. of the city? So I, I really believe that tourism and economic development are like peanut butter and jelly or, you know, fit like a hand in a glove. Um, I think that you can't really do good, meaningful economic development until you establish that sense of place, until you give people a sense of the personality. Because I think that's ultimately like, yes, if you have the space in your industrial park, and yes, if you have you know, the right kind of tax incentive, I mean, all those things are absolutely essential to the conversation. But people, when they walk away, they remember how they felt. And they want to know that it's going to be a good place for their people to call home. It's going to be a place that feels like it's got community at its core. And so that's really what we've been trying to do. That's the secret sauce of what we try and do in tourism all day, every day, right? We want to share this sense of place with people. And so I'm really tickled that we have managed to make economic development and tourism Um, work so seamlessly together. And I do think, Ross, you're exactly right. I think over the last decade, we've seen a lot of really positive momentum to that end. You know, if you'll indulge me for just a second, think about, so I became president of Visit Lex in 2015, and we had the great honor of hosting Breeders' Cup for the very first time in 2015. So that's not even been a decade ago. That's eight plus years ago at this point. Downtown was fundamentally different 
fundamentally, we had a big hole in our downtown. We had no 21C. We had no courthouse. We had no town branch commons. We had no real plan for a town branch park. We did not have Lex Live. We did not have the Central Bank Center expansion. We hadn't even started it. I mean, downtown on the whole was a fundamentally different looking city, and it was a fundamentally different tourism package. Um, fast forward, and you've seen what we have managed to accomplish in eight years as a community, and it's remarkable. And I think our downtown is a testament to it. Um, there's, you know, there's a liveliness. People are out and about. You, you, it feels friendly. It feels safe. Um, and I think that is a great example of how we've gotten after this economic development and tourism, and um, really changed the nature and the experience of our downtown. So, visit Lex is is fascinating in a way that it's not. A, it, it's a government arm. Mm -hmm. Would you call it a quasi or how? Quasi. There is a tax that comes in not from citizens but from Correct. the visitors. Correct. Yes. But the citizens are the ones that get to also benefit from. Yes. Visit Lex, bringing people in. They get to spend money with. Yes. Their businesses with their. Yes. Absolutely. Bring bring life to the city. So it's fascinating how you all have a. Um two different pools of, of people you are serving and also getting to, uh, I, don't, I don't even yeah, know how impact. to explain it. Yeah, yeah. Impact, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. So Visit Lex <clears throat> is funded through the transient room tax, which is the hotel tax or short-term rental tax that is collected on overnight stays. Uh, Visit Lex retains half of that. The other half goes to retire the um, bond, the debt, on the Central Bank Center expansion project. So for us, that equates to 4% of what's collected at the local level. Um, and the other four and a half goes over to the convention center. And then our job is to take that money and turn it around and use it to market and promote and to sell the destination. And um, you're exactly right. So our, we're funded by a tax that is assessed on our visitors, our guests. But the benefit really is the locals to gain. I mean, I hope that our visitors are going home with really happy memories. I hope they're going home ready to tell their friends and family Lexington is a great place to visit. But for those of us that are fortunate enough to call this place home, the real win is for us because yeah. we are um, investing in quality of life and, and really making um, our work is to make this community really the best that it can be. Yeah, the amenities that bring people are also the ones that we really love as as Lexingtonians. Yeah, um, turns out if it's good for the locals, then the visitors are probably going to like yeah. it a lot. Um, so actionably... And yeah, you're you're 100% correct. Since 2015, our downtown, really just the city in general, looks very different. Um, actionably, how are you guys actually making that happen? Like, what are step what are steps, or who you work with, or um, when people think of it of um, your job, like what are you guys actually doing? Sure. And the day to day, we spend obviously a lot of time on marketing and sales. So we have two um, primary departments within Visit Lex. Our sales and services team is really focused on that group and convention business. So they are out there just like any good sales funnel. They're out there looking for leads, trying to make connections with meeting planners and trying to move um, those leads through the funnel. Ultimately, we, we might go to a trade show. 
we might go call on um, Chicago, for example, is a nice little hub of meeting planners. So we might take a sales trip up to Chicago and meet with several different meeting planners. Um, we may be putting together uh, a mailer, right, that says, hey, here's the incentive that we're offering if you book into Lexington in 2025. So we have various tactics that we'll deploy, but ultimately what we're trying to do is drive that group business. Now we're fortunate in Lexington because not only do we have the Central Bank Center, but we have the Kentucky Horse Park. And on the equine competition side of things, that functions very much like um, a large piece of group business. So we've got these two facilities and we try to make sure that they are full, that they've got people coming in and coming out at, at all times. On the marketing side, we really see ourselves first and foremost as you know the brand ambassadors for the city. We want to put Lexington on the radar, keep Lexington on the radar. We want to keep Lexington in the conversation. So we do that through uh, you know sort of our paid program, but we also do through our earned media efforts as well. And we have, as a city, had phenomenal luck over the last again, probably eight years. It's not all luck, right? There's some some hard work behind it, but we've had a lot of wins in the earned media. Um, and the idea is that we just keep Lexington in front of people. We keep it fresh. We keep it interesting. We keep trying to hook you. It Lexington is one of those mid-sized cities that is really well positioned to be in that same best in class with Asheville and Savannah mm. and Charleston and some of your other iconic Southern destinations. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, I feel like we are well on our way. Craftsman Contractors is Central Kentucky's one-stop shop for roofing, windows, siding, and gutters. Craftsmancontractors.com slash contact us will get you straight to the form you need so that their team will get in touch about your project. Or just text Stephen at 859-246-0108. When they finish your project of windows, siding, gutters, or roofing, you'll see what they mean when they say we build with integrity. Are you looking to start or scale your real estate portfolio in Central Kentucky? Check out Rapid Fire Investments. They find off-market discounted real estate deals just for you so you can save time and maximize profits. From single-family homes to multifamily apartments, no matter what your investment goals are, Rapid Fire can help you reach them. Sign up for their email list today and get notified when new properties become available. Just go to rapidfireinvestments.com. That's rapidfireinvestments.com. So tell us about the, the folks that come to Lexington. What, what kind of intelligence do you all get in terms of, are they business, are they leisure, are they... Um, <clears throat> coming back every couple yeah. of years, what 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 is it that you all find out about the the folks that come here that stay in those hotels? Sure. So I can tell you that um, as a city, citywide across the county, we have we are made up of about thirty percent group business, and then the seventy percent is transient. Now, where it gets harder to parse out. Are you transient because you just needed a place to stay, you know, as you were driving from A to B? Or are you transient because you've got work that brought you here for a couple nights? Or do you have a daughter who's horse crazy and wanted to come to the Kentucky Horse Park, right? All those being very viable uh, scenarios for, for what could bring you to town. So we do work with our hotel partners in trying to, you know, oftentimes when you check in to a hotel, they might say, you know, what brings you here? 
Um, and so we do have some data. We also, uh, you know, have obviously great insights as to the folks that are reaching out to visit Lex, be it through traditional or non-traditional. And we do, um, a lot of times we'll do follow-up surveys. So we call them um, conversion research mm -hmm. surveys to see, like you reached out, you pinged us, you <coughs> asked for some questions about the city. Did you actually come? What did you do while you were here? How many were in your party? So we've done a lot of those surveys over the years. Um, and then there's just a tremendous amount. I mean, not to be too big brother, but everybody has a phone in their pocket at mm -hmm. this point, and there's a lot of data that gets shared mm -hmm. um, via cell phone data oh, yeah. movement around the city. You know, it's really interesting. For example, we have this dashboard that we can look at, and it, let's just say it's a Saturday afternoon in October, and there's an afternoon football game over at Kroger Field. Well, then we can see where that traffic migrates around town after the game is over simply based on cell phone data. So, for example, we did this. We looked at this scenario and turns out a lot of people ended up at the distillery district <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after a football game. So we're doing that for a couple reasons. We're curious, but we also want to make sure that as we're packaging these experiences that you can have, that we're not sending everybody to the distillery district, that we're saying, like, we've got all these really cool neighborhoods and all these different places that you can go hang after the football game. We want to help people move around and, and have um, the full experience of our city and not just crowd one particular area. So that's fascinating. Yeah, uh, it's easy to get lost in that data for I mean, I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole for yeah. hours yeah. <laughs> watching sort of movement around town and, and um, how long people are staying in town. And, and what's even creepier is that I can serve an ad up to you in Chicago. You can open it up on your iPad. And then let's say three months later, you show up in market. Well, I can see where your IP address showed up in market. Wow. So it's like your return like on advertising spend is that. Wow. It's gotten that accurate. It did not used to be that <laughs> accurate, but it has gotten as consumers. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a little creepy, Yeah, but it's, it's all there. Oh, the technology is there. We de we definitely use some of that same data in the real estate space. <laughs> sure. Too, so sure. It's, it is. It's scary. It, I I can sit there for hours and just look at people's patterns of spending sure. and whatnot. But um, it can it for sure can be creepy. Um, as far as actual tangible qualities that um, that people that visit Lexington um, mm -hmm. maybe that your team compiles or um, that you've just had in conversation, what are some of those qualities that people like really come to Lexington for, or they leave saying, man, that was great. Obviously you mentioned the distillery district, yeah. but yeah. are there any other things that are of note that maybe people wouldn't think about? Well, I have to, anytime I answer a question like this, I have to state the obvious, which is people really do come for horses and bourbon. Um, that is certainly not the only reason that they come, but it does happen to be a great hook for us. I don't need to tell y'all bourbon tourism has been on an explosive growth pattern. It's been great. I also think that um, in the world of, you know, having an affinity for the horse and then also being a horse racing fan, this is a really special destination. And so people come, people that are in the thoroughbred industry or follow the thoroughbred industry come to Lexington with almost a sense of reverence about them. Like this mm -hmm. is the, the homeland. 
And so that's a, I mean, it's a great honor to meet those people and to be able to watch them, you know, be absolutely delighted with what they're getting to experience here in yeah. the destination. Um, but there is a whole lot that people love about Lexington. And I think that's probably one of the greatest joys of my job is people coming with relatively no um, expectation or maybe even a low expectation and then walking away utterly charmed. I mean, they feel like they have had a great time. They have met really nice people. The experiences that they've had have been authentic, but they've also been enriching, um, maybe even educational. And they they go home fans, right? They want to share that they've had a really good time in Lexington. And so things like the distillery district have been great because I think it shows like this is this is very real Lexington, right? There's no pretty facades and like, let's take your admission ticket at the gate. It's just come in. It's all been done in a very grassroots entrepreneurial kind of vibe and folks can't get enough of it. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got um, a tremendous literary arts community here. And so mm -hmm. you have, there's this great history of you know, be it writers like Wendell Berry or Bell Hooks, modern day Silas House, you know, so you've got a really interesting set of storytellers that we want to capitalize on, that we want to share. We've got great performing arts. You know, if you think about what Dr. McCorvey does over at the Opera House, what the Lex is doing with shows like Sound of Music in Memphis. I mean, we're really blessed that we are punching way above our weight class when it comes to performing and visual arts. Then you've got just the beauty. I, you know, our landscape is so signature, so distinctive. It's not something you're going to find off every interstate exit. Mm -hmm. And um, we've done a really good job of, of saying that this matters to us. And so the ability to get out and experience that uh, whether it's just driving in your car or actually getting on a kayak and paddling through it or, you know, being on horseback, however, you know, you prefer. There's so much to experience related to the outdoors. And, or a rail bike. Right. <laughs> Have you seen those? Yeah. That's... Opened yesterday. That yeah, would be you cool. Can't, you can't recreate the landscape. It's funny. The I, I had some clients in town last, last week. Um, and I was talking to them about their best experience in Lexington. And I feel like everybody's signature is staying, staying in Lexington, going downtown somewhere, whether it be Carson's, Tony's, Jeff Ruby's. Sure. I don't want to leave any off the list, but we, we know how long that list can be. Um, and then the next day going to Kroger Field, which kudos to you for calling it Kroger Field, not Commonwealth. <laughs> I mean, it, may, it took me a second to think Kroger Field. Um, and so going to Kroger Field and also going to Keeneland yeah. or, or vice versa, yeah. going to Keeneland through the day. I mean, that's just something you can't recreate in, yeah. in another place. You can't bring that experience. Like you can't make another Keeneland. Right. Um, so I think it's really easy to forget that we have that naturally. Um, with that said, you mentioned horses and bourbon. Um, moving forward as you think through how we can promote our city, you know, for the next 10 years and how Visit Lex can kind of intersect some of those things. What are some of the the avenues that we're like really pushing to out-of-town groups now that we have the amenities like the new Central Bank yeah. Center and uh, maybe some more capacity downtown? How are we kind of positioning ourselves? Or things that Lexington needs to get that we don't have. Yeah, that's, even, that's an even better question. Well, I've got a very easy answer for you on what we need that we don't have. We need a cultural institution headquartered in our downtown. Mm. We also need something, and and I think there are 
So for example, let me just back up and say to that end, I don't know that it's, I, I don't know if it's an art museum or um, a living sciences or a history, you know, I, but I think we are missing that signature landmark cultural institution uh, in our downtown. I think that a lot of cities our size have something to contribute in that space. And while we have some real gems um, sprinkled throughout the community and, and I'm grateful for them and they do really good work. We're just, we don't have that, that landmark spot. Mm -hmm. So I also think we are a bit short on things to do for children. So I would love to see the Explorium, um, continue down its path. They've really been in the process of reinventing themselves and I'm, I'm super excited about their future and where they're headed, but I think there's space for more things that really do target younger kids. It's not exactly like you're going to be like, Hey honey, today we're going to go learn how to bet and drink <laughs> to your five-year-old. <laughs> so, um, it would be good to have a couple more things yeah, to absolutely. fill in that you, that young, um, you know, sort of toddler to, through upper elementary, just activities that really speak to that age. So um, those are two immediate things that are on my list of, of needs. There are certainly others. Um, we're some sort of branching out and diversifying. So we're always going to have horses and bourbon. It'll always be a part of our signature um, expression, but I think looking forward, I'm really excited about Visit Lex's work in the cultural space. I think there is so much potential. I love that you're not necessarily boxed in by one particular discipline, but you've got the opportunity to actually be really interdisciplinary with it. And then I'm also, um, you know, the pandemic just drilled this home for me. We have got to own outdoor in a completely different way. Mm -hmm. And we have also got to stake our claim in the Red River Gorge. Um, we obviously don't have the Red River Gorge in yep. Fayette County, but we are a really easy drive over to the gorge. And especially for those folks who like that idea of like a daytime hike or a daytime mm -hmm. paddle, but then they want to come back to a place that's a little livelier where you've got great food and beverage, where you've got live music, where you can go to a show. I mean, we are a perfect um, destination and we are a great sort of hub and spoke from that ex for that experience. And so I think I'm really, I'm, I'm quite excited about what's happening um, in both those spaces. And then I think much like all, uh, most folks I know, we are also having really meaningful conversations about doing our part to tell the whole story and the rest of the story. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm excited about the team at Visit Lex right now and some of the great stories that they've been, you know, showcasing to the world um, of late. And I, I think you'll continue to see more of that. We want to make sure that um, our version of history is not whitewashed and, and we're doing justice to, to uplift the whole community. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, by the way, those folks that you just mentioned with the uh, Red River Gorge, like I'm, <laughs> I'm one of them. I'm a, I'm a daytime. He's a Subaru hunter. granola eating. I do, I do drive a Subaru. I don't know how much it's going to uh, poop out here soon. So I don't know that I'll be able to claim that. Um, I'm right there with you. Like I can hike all day long, but I want a really nice place to spend the night. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like put my head down at the end of the day, you know? Yeah. What are some, um, to follow up the, um, 
maybe a, a couple categories that we lack on that we can get better. What are some cities that have done that really well that we're kind of using as a model or are there any that come to mind? Sure. And I mean, you know, there are easy examples that are right, that are actually kind of right in our region. So I think about what Indianapolis has done with their children's museum mm. and it's phenomenal, right? It is not only a draw for the folks in and around, you know, central Indiana, but it's a huge regional draw. So you've got folks from Lexington not thinking twice about driving up there and taking their kids. And I would love for us to see something like that. Um, the Commerce Lexington trip this year went to Grand Rapids. And, it, you know, Grand Rapids is one of those cities that it's easy to sleep on. And then you get there and you're like, they actually have a lot of really cool stuff going on. Mm -hmm. It's kind of groovy here. And one of the things that I was so impressed with were the Meyer family had give, gifted a, a very nice gift for these botanical gardens that have a sculpture park in contained inside the gardens that is phenomenal. Mm. I mean, just world-class art, a Japanese section, you know, Japanese garden section, a native Michigan plant section. I mean, I was just amazed at like how stunningly beautiful, how peaceful, how wonderful it was. You know, they've got a great visitor center. Um, they offer meals there. So, you know, those are just two examples that I have been, that I've come across and been to recently that I think, wow, you're doing a fabulous job. Mm -hmm. Even down in Greensboro, North Carolina, I was there not that long ago and um, they've got a really wonderful children's museum. Again, in their downtown, I, it's just, it's, it's not only serving an audience that we don't necessarily have a whole lot to offer at the moment, but it's also continuing to invest that commitment into the downtown core so that I personally am a believer that, um, the downtown is the heartbeat of the city. And, and so all of these other areas are absolutely important, but I think we all want to have downtown that we feel proud about. Yeah, that's a fascinating strategy because if you have kids drawn there, there's at least going to be a plus one, if not right. plus two. Kids just bring a lot of joy. That that's a. I mean, they bring a lot. They're they're the impetus for a lot of decision making. Certainly mm -hmm. for a season of life, and um, they do add a lot of joy to it. And I and I think. You know, Lexington is fortunate, in my opinion, to have a youthfulness to it. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you can't outstate the importance of um, the University of Kentucky, but also Tradesy and all the other colleges and universities that are kind of sprinkled throughout the region. So there is this liveliness. There is this youthfulness. There is this spirit of, mm -hmm. you know, exploring and creativity and can-do kind of attitude. Um, but there's no reason that we can't start a lot younger. Mm -hmm. And it's a great place for kids to grow up. So I think if we could connect all those dots and make it a great place for kids to visit, it would be a, a real home run for the city. Yeah, the knock on Lexington that I, uh, that I often get from friends that are in um, kind of our age category is um, it's, great, it's a great city to raise a family, but it's not necessarily a great city to, you know, that age of 20, let's call it 22 to 30 um, that, that part feels like it's been lacking, but there are some new developments in Lexington mm. that feel like they're at least trying to cater towards that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So switching gears, talking about, um, hotel blocks, hotel styles, sure. short-term rentals. Yeah. What are you seeing as, um, 
what Lexington stock is. I'd heard at mm. one point we have about 9,000-ish. You're exactly right. Hotel about, rooms. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's short-term rentals that make up maybe 1,000 at most, um, maybe growing, maybe declining. Um, what are you seeing in terms of what we need more of, what we need um, to change, how it's presented to, mm-hmm. to maintain mm-hmm. a modern um, yeah. attractiveness? What, what are you seeing yeah. on that space? Well, I, um, great question. I, so we are really well positioned as far as the um, limited service hotel type. We've got an abundance of those properties sprinkled throughout the city. You know, the good news is they're not headquartered in any one geographic area, but rather you've got a nice cluster out in Beaumont. You certainly have the interstate exits. Um, We even have some in what I would call like inside New Circle Road, certainly around the university and the hospitals, which of course utilize hotel rooms as well. So, so we're, we're very well um, positioned in, in regards to that. I do, I have seen actually play out several times in the last few months, um, a need for additional downtown hotel inventory. So we expanded the convention center and with that comes an opportunity to go after groups that we otherwise would not have been able to accommodate and they're bigger and they have longer stay patterns and they need more rooms. And if you're a meeting planner, one of the things that is really important to you is can all of my attendees walk there? And if they can't walk, then how easy is it going to be able to do the transportation to facilitate? Mm. And so, of course, we want to do more conventions like that. Those are those are great sort of economic wins for the city. But we need the we need the committable, walkable rooms in our downtown in order to make the math work um, on that. And so that is one area that I see as an immediate need. I am glad that we have over the last, let's say, eight years, added some boutique properties. I think that those are um, well-received and they certainly speak to a particular demographic. So it's nice to have options like the Origin, Elwood, the Sire, 21C, and of course the Manchester just opened. Manchester, of course, billing itself as a very you know luxury-driven property, um, every detail finely curated. Um, it's a beautiful product and it's great to have that. Um, and I think we will continue to see more of that. I, I, I think there is a move um, within, I was actually just reading an article uh, earlier this week talking about hotel development and aesthetic trends, mm-hmm. um, What's that? what that is looking like at, at the moment. And there is uh, a real desire to be rooted in place. Mm. And so I think when you see something like the origin or the Manchester and that really strong sense of place that comes through, you know, just by walking into their lobbies. Um, I think on the boutique mm-hmm. higher end, you'll continue to see that investment in place. Um, I'm really excited to see how the di- distillery district develops. I think that that can be the first of several hotels. Um, that corridor has got the opportunity to be utterly reimagined mm-hmm. um, and there's already quite a bit of momentum there now on both ends of the distillery district and so I'm, I'm excited to see how that evolves but I think there could certainly be more um, hotel rooms uh, right around there mm-hmm. just to capitalize on the sort of momentum that that area's had yeah absolutely yeah it's it's really cool um, I think 
you touching on the distillery district right there, like the distillery district is a product of what we talked about earlier. It was like organic. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't over curated. It's not, you know, it was thought, it was thought strategically by um, a few key people, but um, it's not one of those that um, necessarily was like planned. It's like, it's people that love Lexington that have created that in that corridor. Um, and the hope is that the more we, uh, the more success that that has, that, there are other corridors that are built just like the distillery district that are you yeah. know, maybe infill projects, some similar to that. Absolutely. And, and, um, we have all the motivation and reason to, to make good use yeah. of the land that we have and to rethink how it has a very 21st century, you know, purpose to it. Um, I, you know, I joked that I remember when I very first started at Visit Lex, it was 2007, and a gentleman by the name of Barry McNeese called and invited us down to the distillery district. Of course, Barry's very well known, but he was new to me at the time. And I remember driving down there and thinking like, okay, so we're supposed to bring visitors down here? <laughs> like, the only time I've been in this area of Lexington was when I was getting my car out of the impound lot because I've it had been, <laughs> because it's been towed from UK's yeah. campus. Yeah. So we have come a long way yeah. uh, from from that, and I just think there's a tremendous amount of potential. Yeah, so. absolutely. Well, I think obviously you're not going to take all the credit for that, but I do think that organizations like Visit Lex are a huge reason that um, those well, kind of projects you. take yeah. off yeah. because you guys do such a great job marketing it. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's um, I, I I'm not the one to speak on this with any level of you know expertise or insight, but um, there's other areas like that. You know, Turner Commons comes to mind where it's just getting started, but there's a bold vision and a desire to you know have this nucleus of um, entertainment, food, beverage, uh, you know fun things to do, yeah, where activities. You want to spend your Saturday yeah, absolutely. Night. And so uh, I will be excited to see how other areas of town um, you know, continue to iterate and evolve too. That's awesome. Well, we need more abandoned factories yeah. <laughs> from like <laughs> 80 years ago yeah. to to be cheap property now. Yeah. Right. That's will you develop some of those right now? Uh, not me. For the, for, the, for the next generation. Come on, do, do it for the next generation. There was one other thing I was going to mention on the hotel front. Uh, the other thing that we are now starting to see more of in Lexington is um, when you are, not even if you're necessarily in an extended stay, but let's just say you have to be in a hotel for four or five nights. Mm. You know, four or five nights and not having a kitchenette and a mm. little extra space can get a bit claustrophobic. And so you are absolutely seeing more of those um, home, homier um, properties like the Tree by Hilton in Beaumont that just opened up or is getting just ready to open up. Um, that's a great example of, you know, you've got, it, it's, I was just in it um, last month and it's, it's very light. It's, it's really welcoming, quite homey. You've got a full kitchenette. You know, you can do basically anything you wanted to do meal-wise up there. You've got a really comfortable space to work. And so I think, again, you know, the pandemic just doubled down on some of those things where people realize, like, this this work-life thing is all one yeah. now. And so let's make it as comfortable and feel good as possible. Very cool. Well, I think your all's organization is, again, highlighting some really cool things and I think bringing Thank a you. lot of business to town that, you know, maybe we, we have the ability to do more of those kind yeah. of products. So, 
Um, I would say, yeah, thank you on behalf of DevelopLex for coming on. Yeah. Thank you um, again for just everything that VisualX does. I think oh you my guys goodness. have done a fantastic job. Um, yeah, we, we very much appreciate it. We appreciate it. you. I appreciate all of the really nice words. I promise I'm not paying anybody to say this. <laughs> uh, it, you know, thank you. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a great honor. It is a great responsibility, but it's also a really great honor to be... Um, do what we love for the city we love so yeah. develop lex is a part of the middle tech family of brands this episode is edited by jacob spencer Emily mccarthy creates our social content that serves you daily 